Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up and welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Make sure you use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. All right, guys, this is going to be part one of a two-part podcast. We're going to set the scene for the Nevada matchup, kind of talk about a war of words really only coming from one side, talk about it from both perspectives. And we're going to talk about the transfer situation. A couple of more veterans have left the team. We'll just kind of briefly go over their careers and then just talk about the impact on the depth chart, you know, what it means for CSU, how big a loss is it is, all of that stuff. And then we'll kind of just get into Nevada. We'll talk about, you know, the motivation, the the matchup. You know, we'll talk about Nevada as a team, their key players, what to look out for, just, you know, everything. So it's going to be fun. Uh, I know it's been a while. That's why we're doing a two-parter. I was able to go out to the Western Slope for a few days. It was a really nice experience. Spent some time with loved ones. Great for my dog. Um, but man, driving across I-70 is a nightmare. Some pretty views, you know, going through Glenwood Canyon and stuff. That's, you know, gorgeous. But just so much of it. I mean, Floyd Hill and, you know, getting through Idaho Springs and then Vail Pass. It's just, it's a pain. It's a pain. There's so many people and there's construction and a million trucks. And it's just, man, it's a a tough experience. I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir with many of you, though. You know, this is not a... This is not a situation where I'm breaking any news, but it was just really nice to be able to get away, enjoy the bye weekend. I hope everybody else was able to, you know, have a a weekend filled with less stress. Obviously, that's, you know, that's the, uh, the contract we sign when we are diehard college football fans is, you know, the highs are high, but the lows are low. And, you know, the first month has been rough on everyone. That's why it's good to just unplug a little bit when you get the opportunity. Anyways, I was planning on recording on Tuesday, but I just, I lost my voice. I don't know if it was just from exhaustion, uh, allergies, or, or what the deal was, but really for like a day and a half there, it kind of sounded like I had a frog in my throat. Tough to do a solo podcast when you can't talk, but we're back, you know, powered through it, drank some tea, we're good to go, and we've got plenty to talk about. So excited to be back, rocking with all of you. Before we get into everything, the NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out, though. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlay. You know, if, if you're really into this Broncos-Colts game and you think Cortland Sutton is just going to eat you know, boost it, you know, get his, you know, receptions, maybe to score a touchdown and you're going to get even better action. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on the stepped up same game parlay once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. 
That code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I also want to shout out GameTime, the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line maybe, courtside behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It is possible with the GameTime app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. You're not going to find a better deal this season on Rams tickets, Broncos tickets, Nuggets tickets, whatever. It was created by the fans, for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. If you love DNVR, you'll love game time. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. Again, that link in the podcast description. All right, all right, all right. I published an article earlier today just kind of on how CSU views, you know, the conference slate as an opportunity for a new beginning. In Norvell's press conference on Monday, you know, he again talked about just how they were, you know, trying to rely on a lot of guys that weren't necessarily committed to, you know, the team fully, at least in his opinion. And, you know, he kind of thinks they're better off moving forward with these younger guys. It's, you know, ultimately just an opportunity for them to get experience earlier. Clearly, the depth has taken a hit, and then we'll kind of get into that here in a little bit. But, I mean, the, the truth is it is pretty wide open going into the Mountain West slate. I get it. CSU's been bad. I'm not saying all of a sudden they're going to turn it around and go 8-4, and four, although I have done the math, and yes, it is technically possible. As Norvell talked about, though, I mean, when you just when you look around the conference, there's there's a lot of teams that are playing inexperienced quarterbacks. There's a lot of teams that are, you know, injured and, you know, their depths have taken a major hit. There are a lot of teams that have lost transfers and they're still trying to establish continuity and, you know, get in a rhythm. There are a couple other teams that look like they figured it out. You know, San Jose State looks really good right now. I continue to be impressed by UNLV. Boise State flipped it in a hurry in that second half against San Diego State. San Diego State's in a weird spot right now. They have talent defensively, but they've taken a step back for sure. And then offensively, they're just, they're inept. I mean, they, they remind me of Adazio last year. They just cannot move the football. It's really crazy how for 15 years, San Diego State has not been able to land a quarterback in San Diego of all places. And they've had just such a solid rushing attack most years. You know, usually they're one of the top one or two defenses in the conference. Usually they're one of the better defenses in the country, period. And, you know, they've had a lot of eight, nine win seasons, but it's one of those where they can never really advance past that or win the big games because they just, they never have had a passing offense. It's, it's really weird, especially in a state like California where a lot of quarterbacks come from. Anyways, I've gotten off topic here, but the point I was trying to make is that when you look around the conference, there's just a lot of instability. You know, it's Fresno State being one in three. Nobody saw that coming. They lost to UConn. They were like 25-point favorites, which was crazy. Way too big of a spread given the injuries that Fresno State has right now, and that's a really hard cross-country trip. I mean, going from Fresno to Connecticut's about as about as far of a trip as you can make outside of, you know, maybe going from like Connecticut to Hawaii or something like that. But there's just a lot of teams in this conference that have been up and down. I mean, some weeks Wyoming looks great. You know, that went over Air Force, they look really dominant. And then they kind of come back to life and get humbled a little bit by 
BYU and then San Jose State in consecutive weeks. Hawaii is obviously, you know, a struggle. New Mexico defensively, they're legit and they can they can run the ball a little bit. They can do some things, but they're still just, you know, a little inconsistent offensively, but they're a team that, you know, some weeks they look pretty solid and other weeks they still look young and inexperienced. But I do think they have something working there with Danny Gonzalez. I'll say that. He's a cool guy too, you know, really just down to earth. He really embraces the CSU New Mexico history, talks about that a lot. Tell you what, that team, that Lobos team is going to be up for that season finale. So the Rams better be or we're going to see that winning streak against the Lobos disappear because that's a tough team. They play hard. Ultimately, though, you know, depending on what happens over these next eight weeks, I think this Rams team has an opportunity to just change the narrative a little bit. You know, again, I, I'm i not saying it's going to be anything crazy. I think expecting a bowl game at this point is is unlikely given that they're 0-4. I mean, it's just, you know, that would, that would be a pretty impressive turnaround. It's not impossible, but again, I just, I wouldn't expect it. But if the Rams can figure some things out, there's going to be an opportunity here to be competitive against some teams that are, you know, essentially on an even playing field when it comes to CSU just as far as talent or the situation that they're in, you know, with injuries and, you know, maybe having a young player and all that running the show. So there's a chance here for CSU to win some games down the stretch. You know, it may only end up being a couple just, you know, based on what we saw over that first month, but, you know, they could surprise us as as well. You know, it's, it's really tough to say. I mean, they've just, we've seen so much roster turnover. There's going to be a lot of young guys playing a lot of promising young guys, so, you know, maybe they pop early, maybe they don't, maybe they're in over their head. We're, we're just going to have to see. But weird stuff happens in college football in general, and even weirder stuff tends to happen in the Mountain West. So we'll see. It all starts with this Nevada matchup. So let's talk about it. It's obviously a really unique situation with, you know, 11 Nevada guys and the majority of the offensive staff following Jay Norvell over from Reno to CSU like 10 days after they beat the Rams, 52 to 10. Just crazy. I mean, it sounds like the plot to a, a football TV show or something like that. Given the situation, clearly this has been a highly anticipated matchup ever since the schedule release. You know, I'm still convinced the league knew what they were doing, having this be a conference opener, you know, Friday night under the lights. You're telling me that wasn't intentional. I don't know. Really seems like they're trying to, you know, sell up the... The storylines, which, you know, makes sense. It's what any league would do. It's you're trying to get the most eyeballs on these games as possible. That said, uh, it's essentially been a war of words only from one side. I mean, Ken Wilson has taken some shots at Norvell, you know, essentially has said that what happened doesn't really happen very often, which is somewhat true in terms of the transfers. Uh, but he made a big deal about Norvell Leaving early, you know, not doing the bowl game. And it's like that happens just about everywhere. I mean, Mario Cristobal did it, the guy that he coached under at Oregon. You know, he's he's been honest about the fact that the Nevada guys that are still in Reno and, you know, played under this staff are probably going to have some extra juice going in, which, you know, I think everybody would assume that. CSU, on the other hand, they're kind of downplaying it, going with that it's just another game approach. I don't think they're trying to be, you know, like petty or annoying or anything like that. Um, Annoying is the wrong word, petty. I I just think it's the approach that they go with. I mean, when we asked about 
the circumstance is going to the big house, you know, they, it was the same deal, you know, it's just another game we're playing football. So I think that's just the approach that CSU goes with when it, when it comes to this really, I mean, from CSU side, there's, there's nothing to be gained, you know, by slinging mud or anything like that. Again, I wasn't surprised that Norvell didn't comment when, you know, asked about Wilson's comments these coaches, these players, you know, they still have a lot of connections in Reno. They don't want to shit all over them, you know, or hurt their feelings. You know, Norvell's been honest about why he left that program and, you know, the commitment that CSU makes to athletics. And, you know, it's it's all been very out in the open. As far as, like, clapping back, though, to what Wilson was saying, you know, again, there's just, there's no benefit there. And from a media side, I guess it would be nice if they kind of leaned into the the return more but again for this young team I don't think there's any benefit in trying to hype it up too much either because you're just trying to get them to focus and and execute at this point and you know the truth is that Nevada was always going to be a little spicier because they were the spurned side in this one I mean they were the they were the girlfriend that got left for somebody more desirable so you know clearly this was going to be a big matchup for them and you know I'll show them opportunity this and UNLV, that's the two biggest games on their schedule this year. From CSU side, it's an intriguing matchup. You know, for CSU fans, we're excited about it. But it's not, you know, it's not the border war. It's not Air Force. I think even, you know, Boise State, you know, the Ram fans would, would want to win over Boise State probably more than Nevada. Although maybe not at this point, just since CSU's 0-4 and, and, you know, you just want to snap the winless streak at this point and, you know, see people stop sharing the stupid ESPN articles and all the rankings that don't mean a damn thing. But this game was always going to mean a lot more to Nevada. You know, they're selling discounted tickets, trying to get as many people in there as possible. They're going with the blackout. You know, they're leaning into the drama. I mean, it's, again, to go back to what we talked about last week when Wilson initially threw shade, it's like, you know, a boxing promoter, a UFC, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to get eyeballs. You're trying to create interest in your product. And, you know, especially for Nevada, who doesn't have a lot of ticket sales in most weeks, you know, they're trying to capitalize on this key opportunity with one of the biggest games on their schedule. I will say that even if CSU is downplaying it publicly, at least in the locker room, you know, I, I do think this is a matchup that should matter to those guys. You know, the former Nevada players, I'm I'm sure they're getting texts from, you know, they're former teammates or guys that are, you know, still playing, you know, I'm sure they want to show them. And, you know, even a lot of the freshmen on the roster were one-time Nevada commits, including, you know, Braden Fowler Nicolosi, who's likely going to get the start at quarterback. If you're a CSU guy, though, I mean, Nevada's kicked your ass two times in a row. 2021, 52-10 season finale, that was pretty brutal. They had to, they had to sit with that all winter. 2018, not much better, 49-10. to 10. And, you know, remember there was that, the video of Norvell, you know, really hyped up given the, the locker room speech at halftime about how CSU, you know, basically disrespected them. And they, you know, it was true. And then they got their ass kicked. There's not a lot of overlap from 2018, but, you know, a couple of veterans, Vivens, Cameron Carter, Devin Phillips, those guys should remember that game. I mean, been scored basically 100 to 20 in the last two matchups. If that, you know, doesn't leave a bad taste in your mouth, it certainly should as a player. In that 2018 game, Cameron Carter had four tackles, uh, one for loss. 
Dev Phillips had one tackle in that game. So again, you know, not a ton of overlap there. The leading defender for Nevada in that game, by the way, Malik Reed, had nine total tackles, one for loss, one sack, and a forced fumble. Currently on the Steelers, but played pretty well for the Broncos for a couple of years. Thought it was interesting to see that name, though, on there. You know, admittedly, like, I, I remember watching Reed at Nevada a little bit, but, you know, not as much as, as some of their their other stars. I don't know. It's like I kind of forget he's a Nevada guy sometimes. But he was actually in Canvas Stadium last year for that 52-10 to beatdown. If uh, you don't remember, it was 31-0 at halftime. CSU's only touchdown came via a fake scored punt. Trey McBride took it 69 yards. Nice on the final touch of his career. It was fitting that he got to score on the final touch of his career, you know, especially given how frustrating it was, how few touchdowns he had last year. Got, you know, an amount, an insane amount of touches. You know, again, you know, we we make the the conversation or the, you know, the hypothetical scenario of, you know, what if, you know, what if Trey got to play in the air raid? I don't think he would have won the Mackey because he wouldn't have gotten like 130 targets like he did last year, but he probably would have had more touchdowns. Anyways, just kind of going through that matchup last year, Nevada had 22 first downs. CSU actually had 20. Um, CSU had 230 rush yards on 51 carries. They had 213 pass yards as well, 443 yards of offense. <laughs> Surprising it was that high compared to Nevada's 528. But, you know, the difference was just the touchdowns. I mean, Nevada was able to do whatever they wanted, seven touchdowns in this one. Torrey Horton had a 27-yard touchdown reception. They had a 54-yard touchdown reception. Uh, Romeo Dubs got involved. He had a couple of touchdown catches. Avery Morrow scored in it, as did Devonta Lee, who's still one of the Nevada running backs. Him and Toa Tawa, we'll kind of dive into that when we talk about some of the key players on the Wolfpack. We're going to wrap up part one here, though, with the latest news that CSU had two more veterans leave the program, running back David Bailey and defensive back Robert Floyd. Uh, starting with David Bailey, I was surprised he came back at all, to be honest, based on how things went in the spring, based on what I was hearing. I thought he would leave in the summer. Uh, then he kind of got back into the good graces of the staff and, you know, was, you know, at least getting some touches. Obviously, it wasn't the starting back or anything like that. But, you know, he just has not done much this year. And, you know, clearly he was an Adazio guy. I feel like it was kind of a situation where he essentially stayed because, you know, where else is he going to go at this point? His his best years are definitely behind him. He's just he's a guy who suffered a lot of injuries. And as a result of that, it's definitely impacted his speed and his burst. I mean, there are times it just kind of looks like he's running in sand. You know, he he unfortunately got even more banged up last year than he should have due to, you know, stubborn coaching and the playing style. You know, just how many times did they run him up the gut only to get just abused, you know, by four defenders because they knew exactly what was coming. Like I said, though, at this stage of his career, his you know his best days are just behind him. Uh, so far this season, he had 20 carries for 61 yards, 3.1 yards per carry. Actually, better than what you know most of the backs have done this year. Uh, a lot of his carries have kind of been in garbage time, though. So that's you know potentially a stat that lacks a little bit of uh, context. Last year in 11 games, 197 carries for 752 yards, 3.8 yards per carry, 
Nine total touchdowns rushing, two receiving. I didn't, 11 touchdowns actually led the team. They could have used him from a depth perspective this year. You know, again, just having experienced backs, it never hurts, especially at a position like running back where guys tend to get dinged up fairly consistently. But, you know, I not a big dramatic loss or, or anything like that. Again, I'm not trying to throw shade, just, you know, trying to keep it real. Robert Floyd, on the other hand, definitely a bigger loss this season. I mean, he would be your starting nickel right now, now that Taiwan Francis decided to leave last week. So, I mean, losing two of your you know, best options at nickel in a week, that's obviously not ideal, particularly when you're already dinged up in the secondary. You know, Jack Howell and Henry Blackburn are both day-to-day. We don't know if Greg Lede is going to be able to go. You know, that's one of your starting corners. So you might have a skeleton crew back there in the secondary against Nevada this week. So I would say that his loss probably hurts you more right now. You know, again, he'd probably be your starting nickel for the rest of the season. You know, long term, not the not the biggest loss. He's a guy that would not be playing very much under ideal circumstances. Neither of these guys would be. You know, they would they just they would you know third second third stringers. Floyd, 5'9", 170, definitely does not fit, you know, the mold of the type of corner that they're looking for, you know, in this system. He'll leave CSU with 35 total tackles, two interceptions, obviously had that big pick against Iowa. Kind of a high-risk, high-reward corner, a guy that, you know, can make some plays because he gambled, but also got burned because he gambled. He actually initially entered the transfer portal last spring, committed to some small, I think it was HBCU in Florida, then he didn't end up transferring something, you know, got screwed up with that process, stayed. Because remember, he was a walk-on last year, actually got put on scholarship, and now is uh, deciding to leave anyways. Kind of interesting how that's all played out. But kind of going back to what Norvell said last week, I mean, if you're a guy that has an opportunity to be a starter and you're walking away from the team, I mean, the Rams are probably better off long-term without you anyways. CSU's depth has definitely taken a major hit at receiver and in the secondary this season. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, you need you need the guys that are here to buy in and be committed. And ultimately, there's just there's, there's not going to be a ton of guys from the last two staffs, you know, moving forward. You know, obviously, a couple of key guys, you know, you'd love to keep, you know, Howell and Blackburn and some of these guys. And, you know, George Mickey Hans actually looking really solid as center. But, you know, you're never going to turn this thing around unless we get the guys that are here to just be completely bought in. So, you know, it's unfortunate that the depth has taken a little bit of a hit, you know, and, you know, moving forward, I think they're going to have 67 scholarship players. Ravel said 68 on Monday, but I don't believe that was including Floyd since he was still listed on the two deep. But it's a process, you know, building a winning culture. It's something that takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. I am excited to see, you know, some of these young players get an opportunity. You know, probably going to have three freshmen starting on offense with Braden at quarterback, Lewis Brown, and then Justice Ross Simmons. Should be chances for other young guys to play. You know, you've got some, you know, promising up-and-coming athletes on the defensive side as well. You know, Jack Howell's only a sophomore, but, you know, in the trenches, you know, Mukendi is a guy that looks really, really solid. Mukendi Wakalonji, that is, you know, a local kid. So that's, that's really intriguing, but we're definitely in the thick of it. You know, we're, we're in full rebuild mode and it's definitely, you know, a lot of focus on the future 
at, at this point. I, I do think there's an opportunity to be competitive in a wonky Mountain West conference, but we'll just kind of have to see how it all plays out. All right, we're going to keep talking about this Nevada matchup on part two of this podcast, so we'll just keep the fun rolling. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. The water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly like non